my only focus is on teaching design to to kids but i also need to think about well how can i bring this into my community how can i bring this in you know in, into the world and, and have people kind of respect me as as right. a educator versus right. as you know right. whatever the perceptions are design teachers have it's tough to get teachers it's tough to get resources so what's the first thing that gets clipped is design Absolutely. and you you see that in lots yep. of schools so it's about also comparing that compelling case mm -hmm. to administrators so that mm -hmm. your wings don't get clipped you're allowed That's to right. flourish and grow That's right Welcome to DesignCast. Jason Reagan will guide you through the MYP design course like a pro. Stay tuned. Hey guys, I'm Jason. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have a really special guest with me uh, today, Mr. Terry Linton. He's going to talk a little bit about himself, but I've known Terry for uh, quite a while now, and I'm really excited to have him here talking about how design is perceived from outside the design department. How are we um, working with our administrators? How are we working with our school community to make sure that design uh, is the best it can be? So welcome, Terry. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Jason. And just in case your listeners want to start switching off now, uh, I'm not a design teacher right. by trade, <laughs> uh, but, but I'm sure we're still going to have some fantastic discussions about design because mm. I believe in my heart of hearts that design is the most important subject that we teach in schools today. Mm. And so coming from that frame, I'll just give my background a little bit. Okay. So right. I'm the director of curriculum at the Beanstalk Education Group in Beijing, China. We have six schools around China with four in Beijing and one in Kunming and one in Chengdu. We're an IB World School, so we offer the three programs of the PYP, MYP, and DP. And prior to becoming the curriculum director and I'll, I'll i'll share with you exactly what i do mm. because it may be of interest uh prior to that i was an myp coordinator and i've been an myp coordinator for the last 10 years mm. um i lead workshop as well and that's how i know you really that's is right. that we that's both right. are, are keen <laughs> on delivering and, and sharing yeah. uh, the the knowledge and mm. experience that we've gained so far. Uh, so I lead workshops and do school visits. And ultimately what we're, what we're looking for in terms of developing the curriculum is we're looking for mm. those integrations that that holy grail of transfer. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that's, that's what design can offer us <laughs> is the ability to transfer, right? Yeah. And I believe everybody listening would completely agree with you that design is the best uh, the best subject, the most important subject. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm glad you're a convert. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, the, the, the thing that when you walk by a room and you see kids really, really engaged with what's happening and, and you just look at it as a percentage of rooms you walk by is uh, the design rooms is, is one where you can always see kind of, unless they're doing their design brief, which I'm I think but, everyone would agree when, with you there too. <laughs> yeah, but but when but when they're actually doing yeah. the things that they that they say that they're that they're going to try to do, mm -hmm. that experiencing component is mm -hmm. is such a critical piece, and and that engagement is just so you know far and above heads and shoulders with many of the subjects. Mm. Absolutely, and and so you're in Beijing, uh, but clearly you didn't probably start your career there. How did you get to Beijing? All right, so I've you know I became a certified teacher in Canada, and mm -hmm. so coming from Manitoba, so my first international gig was a Manitoba curriculum school in Guangzhou. Mm -hmm. So I was there for a few years, and I got then I thought about moving into the IB world. So I was in Surabaya in mm -hmm. Indonesia for four years. And then I was in uh, Jakarta for a year at Cinemas World Academy. And now, yeah, now I've been in Beijing for the last six years with Beanstalk. Wow. And yeah, it's, uh, I just signed another three-year contract. So wow. I'll be here for a little while. <laughs> safest place on earth safest right now. Safest place. Almost the safest place. Exactly. Almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, 
that's awesome. I always love to hear how people get from uh, the beginning uh, and to where they are now because it's so neat to hear the journeys that people take and the different uh, directions things go to get you to this point. So that's great to hear. That's right. Awesome. And, and so just, and I didn't mention my sort of subject specialties. So my first job when I went to Guangzhou at the Manitoba school was, I was the, actually the computer science teacher. Oh, so, so you are a so, design teacher. So don't say that you're well, not a design teacher. Wow, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, but that, that was largely mm. following a set curriculum in ter sure. terms of going through like this is now what, like 15 years ago. Right. So we were teaching kids how to use Microsoft products and, sure. you know, how, sure. how to, how to design a very simple, you know, web right. website using, you know, HTML, right? Exactly. Uh, sure. Every, everything, you know, I'm sure that you would have been down that road like many, many years ago as mm -hmm. well, because those were kind of things that you thought you had to teach kids. I don't think yeah. anybody ever is, are there any courses anymore where someone has to teach a kid how to use Microsoft Word? No, no, but, um, there are still coding courses, uh, even yeah, though oh, there's, you know, HTML editors uh, that are, you know, drag, drag and drop and things. But I even still have students who will ask me, okay, so how do I make this different? And so they'll actually get into the HTML code. Um, and mm. so my background of doing that 15, 20 years ago is coming to play. Uh, again, you know, it's all full circle, right? There's nothing new <laughs> happening, right, but, right. but yeah, so no, I don't know anyone who still teaches those skills. Uh, no. but I would say that, um, even my, even my children are actually doing practice typing and stuff nowadays, because I think their, their handwriting is atrocious, number one. And then number two, I think they realize that typing is something they're going to have to do at least in the foreseeable future, but who, who knows, man, what the way. Oh, oh yeah. No touch, touch typing, such an essential skill. Do you have, do you use a conventional keyboard or are you, uh, are you so techie that you've gone with like uh, using an unconventional keyboard? No, I, I still can't get away from a regular keyboard. I, a I, still have guy. An I actually have a, an external one just so I can uh, sit further back. Cause you know, after 40 you know, the eyesight, <laughs> you need the screen <laughs> a little further away. <laughs> right on. So, so, you know, so the start of teaching computer science. Mm. After that, I got into uh, teaching mathematics mm -hmm, and science because mm -hmm. I'm a I am a math and science teacher, and in Manitoba, right. that's typically what you do. Um, and then I, I've traveled, and so I'm I'm essentially a, a mathematics teacher now. Sure. Um, that's kind of became my area of expertise, but it's all even for when I started teaching math, it was all done through applied mm. mathematics of of using projects and project-based learning you know even even sure. like 15 20 years ago mm -hmm. to to kind of drive home that because sitting and doing questions mm -hmm. is never <laughs> going to be fun for anybody so so that that's and that's kind of like why i love design and and putting those elements in my mathematics mm -hmm. courses because kids got to do something Oh yeah, and they got to do something that they're interested in. They have to have a project. They have to have mm -hmm. something that they're interested in, that they mm -hmm. want to do it, that fun in some regards, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, that's awesome to hear about kind of where you got where you are. And it's always, again, it's always exciting to hear people's journeys and it gets you excited about uh, the, you might be in a rut at the moment, but to talk about the journey you've been through always re-energizes people. So it's great to hear that kind of thing. So in your role now at, um, at uh, Biba or B, uh, B, what do you, what do you, what are your initials for your oh. whole school group? Well, the, these, these schools are BIBS, so Beanstalk okay. International Bilingual School. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's actually the first bilingual school in China. Oh wow! So I we, didn't were, we, that. Were the, we were we were we were the leaders in terms mm -hmm. of that, and and so just for for anyone out there who's curious, is that a bilingual school? We are able to accept Chinese nationals, right. well, an international right. school like WAB or ISB mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. not able to with their license. So in many cases, sure. it's a licensing, um, it's a licensing thing. But also, we have the majority of our students being able to do a bilingual diploma. So oh, the that's IB excellent. diploma. So that means that right. they're taking both English and Chinese at language A. Language A. So, wow. That's so awesome. That, well, it's just such a good value for these uh, for these families to be able to mm -hmm. give the, their children an opportunity to be mm -hmm. able to go overseas and mm -hmm. to direct entry into universities and not need to mm -hmm. do any kind of foundation program. Uh, but then many of them plan to come 
back to China. So they need still need to be able to survive and communicate sure. in Chinese to be able to yep. have that lifestyle when they come back. Yeah, and since both of you, uh, both of both of us. Our, our Chinese learners ourselves, Chinese language learners ourselves, we understand that business Chinese is very different from conversational Chinese. You know, the terminology and the th and the and the nuances and and the way you handle conduct business is very different than on a relational level, like in a family or in a community group. You know, and so that's important that those students are having exposure to both of those types of ways of communicating. Right on. Yes. They, they certainly need to be able to what but that's somewhat that's somewhat limited in some regards mm -hmm. so they still need sure. to develop those skills because like the math mathematics vocabulary they're not going to have their right. mathematics is done language of instruction is english mm -hmm. but for the most part for the most part they're pretty much ready and we've had some kids that have graduated that have come back that have that are doing well and okay and so it just, it just gives them an opportunity it prepares them mm -hmm. uh at least to go on to to go on to tertiary education education so sure. that's important that's what that's what absolutely that's want. the whole goal right so the, to have good happy happy students that, that become good happy citizens <laughs> that's yeah absolutely <laughs> so in your role that you have at your in your current uh position uh you work with different subject groups across the different campuses is that how it works or what is it yeah, exactly yeah. that you're doing okay so so there's a variety of things that that we're doing and one of the key things is, is looking at the horizontal and vertical articulation. Mm -hmm. uh, the big project that I'm working on right now is including the Chinese standards in, into our scope and sequences. So that's, we're looking at mathematics right now, and then we're also looking at science. And science, we're looking at use, utilizing the Chinese national curriculum combined with the next generation science standards, so mm -hmm. the NGSS. So putting those in, but also putting in some of those Chinese cultural elements so there's the Chinese virtues that we're mm -hmm, looking at mm -hmm. infusing into our program mm -hmm. because we have to celebrate our Western heritage, our Western mm -hmm. educational mm -hmm. philosophies, mm -hmm. but we also need to appreciate and respect that there is a history of education in China and education is very, very valued in the East. So bringing those um, two kind of educational philosophies together mm -hmm. into something that is going to work within the IB programs is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like you and I were discussing earlier in terms of about horizontal articulation <laughs> and it's what happens is, is that mm -hmm. many of our teachers, it's a, it's a lonely job, right? Yeah. You, you, you're there with the kids all day. You have some collaboration time, but how, how much you do is so you don't have time to be able to go out and actively find out what's happening in so-and-so's science class. Mm -hmm. Is there any connection? Mm -hmm. Is English doing something that I can piggyback on or I mm -hmm. can, you know, figure out how that's going to help me? Uh, so that's where documenting the curriculum is so critical. Mm -hmm. So we're working on developing uh, systems that mm -hmm. is going to allow that to happen so mm -hmm. people have access to it people are celebrating it mm -hmm. and and then it's also being used to help them with their planning mm -hmm. and with developing things like interdisciplinary units and and just using it sure. to share to share what's happening so that's yeah. kind of where we are that's kind of where we are right now in terms of projects we're working on we're working okay. on ensuring that the standards are there mm -hmm. uh, we're working on the the horizontal and vertical articulation but we also do uh quite a bit of professional development mm. and, and i want to ask you about that uh in a bit i have a few other questions first if you don't mind oh, okay okay because okay. <laughs> I, I think professional development is always a, a good one and i know you and i being that we conduct a lot of professional development for for people uh, we have a, we can talk all day about that, but I have a couple of questions uh, to carry on from what you said before. Certainly. Um, <laughs> so, in your vertical articulation and your and and your even your horizontal articulation projects, 
um, a lot of the listeners are design teachers, as we've alluded to. And mm -hmm. being an island to yourself a lot of times or being in a department of two or three, a very small department, it's easy sometimes to lose sight of the big picture. And what I mean by that, it's not anyone's fault, but it's just that sometimes we forget what's going on out there. So how do you ensure that all the stakeholders in this project are properly informed? Okay, so so it comes down to with that with that celebration of learning mm -hmm. in terms of that we know that that there's going to be something that's going to come out in terms of it. So there's things like thematic weeks. Mm. Uh, there are the the curriculum is published and sent out. Um, there is horizontal collaboration meetings. So year level teams get together to discuss, especially when it comes around to interdisciplinary. But we're also okay. looking at at those interdisciplinary links. So we're trying to make that go public. Uh, so we, we're doing some things. Is it working perfectly? Is it is it satisfying? Is it being the best in, in kind of like what you're talking about? And, and the answer is no. Yeah. Well, not yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but those are. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, for sure. But, the, but those are the things that we've identified. Yeah. And yeah. we definitely want that to happen more. Mm -hmm. We need more entry points into interdisciplinary. Mm -hmm. And and what happens, at least in, in my experience at the few schools that I've been at, is that design kind of takes it in the takes it on the chin when it comes to interdisciplinary is because, <laughs> because design could be you could yeah. do anything yeah. right so yeah. and and just the way it looks and just the mm -hmm. way it works anything could be interdisciplinary so you've got to protect mm -hmm. design and you've got to mm -hmm. protect math mm -hmm. in many cases and you got to find other ways for other subject groups to get involved mm -hmm. and and that is awareness Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the development of awareness, mm -hmm. but it's also looking at skills. And mm -hmm. when you're taking a look at your ATL skills, you have to know what skills are being developed in other areas. So there isn't a constant repetition because the, the mm -hmm. students aren't going to tell you, right? Or, or they will if they're really getting fed up. But, but for the most part, they're, they're yeah. not going to tell you. And, and yeah. so you, you end up looking at if you, if you do it, it depends on how you map it. But if you look at it in such a way that it's after the fact mapping, mm -hmm. well, what's, what are the skills that are going to be developed? Those are the ones that are kind of the easiest to do. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. get a lot of communication, mm -hmm. right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You get a lot, you get a lot of organization, mm -hmm. uh, but where's the reflection? Mm -hmm. Where's mm -hmm. that coming in? Where are the development of the effective skills coming through? Mm -hmm. You're not really, you're not really seeing those. And then ultimately, you know, we're not focusing our programs around the mm -hmm. thinking skills. Mm -hmm. We're really missing opportunities. Mm -hmm. So that's where that, uh, that's where that other piece needs to fit in is the is a horizontal and vertical mm -hmm. mapping of the skills mm -hmm. and finding ways for subjects to incorporate skills that they might say well that's not our domain mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so, so those are the kinds of things that that we're working on right now how, how about you guys what mm -hmm. kind of solution are you guys coming up with <laughs> oh well um we're in a very different situation and and so um but we are we are building, and so we're in a, in a actually we're kind of in the same in the same uh, mindset because we're adopting standards and adapting standards, uh, and then we're looking at that from a K to twelve situation. Uh, and so, yeah, looking at the ATLs, that's what we have to always come back to: is those ATL skills, how are they being taught, where are they being explicitly measured, how are you reporting that back to uh, parents and students, and so. I think and, and in the end, that's what we end up doing. Well, and especially now that they're cross-program and uh, cross-programs and everyone needs to take a part in the development of those, it, it becomes a little bit more important that they're carefully planned. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, um, as a consultant of, of, of a lot of um, soon-to-be IB schools, that's one of the big questions they ask is how do you, how do you map these skills out? And um, I always say, well, if you find a good model, tell me, <laughs> because in a lot yeah. of places, it's just not done well. And I'd love to see 
Um, and the thing is, it's because there's so many strands that have been articulated as examples. Uh, and so I think that's part of, of it. And the, the intention of those ATLs was that they were to be born from your curriculum uh, and born from your subject guides. And so um, I think that's, that's where there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's quite gray. <laughs> it's a gray area on, on how you want to go about that. Well, and, and what happens too is people get, you know, it's like going to the International House of Pancakes where you get like a 30 <laughs> page menu, right? Where, where you go like, I don't know what to order. I don't, there's, there's so much here that, that, you know, you get paralysis yeah. by choice. Yeah. And, yeah. and so the, when you take a look at least in the MYP at the number of skill indicators yeah. Yeah. and the, the uncountable number of yeah. skill indicators, you start to go yeah. like, it's overwhelming. You know, yeah. Yeah, this is too much. I just yeah. can't manage this. Yeah. So I like to I like to sort of say to people like look at the look at the categories and look at the clusters. Yeah, the clusters. Kind of forget about the indicators and see what what it actually you're doing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. see what skills the students sure. need. Absolutely. So when you take a look at you take a look at one of your design units, right? Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. those skills that students are not going to have, mm -hmm. it's going to vary as well from kid sure. to kid. Sure. Right? Yeah. It's going to vary Agreed. Yeah. And, 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 and going along with that, uh, one of the big criticisms of the, I say the most, the most recent design guide was where do we teach skills? And the whole idea was that those skills were now sort of pulled out. And when it doesn't say in the ATLs uh, is able to handle a table saw, but uh, there are still self-regulation skills and other things uh, and procedural skills that you can teach. Uh, you know, that can, that can work for any, any number of things, whether it's a table saw or a sewing machine or a, a stove top, you know. <laughs> well, and, and the bottom, the bottom line is, is that the guides are there to, to help us, but you've got to, you've got to pr provide the students mm -hmm. with the learning experience that's going to best get them ready for the task that they're going to do. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you got to just throw, throw everything out and say, Hey, you yeah. know what? Right. I don't know where this fits in, but I've got to spend some time with health and safety here. Sure. These kids aren't being safe. They, I need to spend some time with that. And you just do it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's awesome. So let's just I want to run a scenario past you and ask you kind of uh, what what your take would be. Uh, so you've got a new design teacher who's got experience in other IV schools. They come to one of your schools that you're overlooking and um, they're just really wanting to shake up um, the scope and sequence and the, you know, the course outline that that's already been established. And uh, I just kind of want to know how you would manage that <laughs> as a, as a manager, but then also, um, and we were talking before and we can bring this up at the end. How is it that you can get people outside of that design department to start to see what it is, the method behind the madness, so to speak. Right on. Yeah, I know that I've, I've certainly lived through this on a number of occasions, as I'm, <laughs> as I'm sure you have, is um, is the the idea is 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 you need to put systems and processes in place as an organization to prevent what I call suitcase teaching. Absolutely. So suitcase suitcase teaching is where someone comes in and says these units are these units are garbage mm -hmm. i'm mm -hmm. going to i've done these before at mm -hmm. my other school so i'm going to do these when in in, in many cases it's, it's kind of the arrogance of the of the newbie is they don't know the people they don't know yeah. the the they don't know the the customers really they don't know the clientele mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. they also don't know what resources are available to them or the constraints that are available to them. Mm -hmm. So I definitely explain to them and say that first off, you need to honor and respect those that came before you. They were professionals. They found that this was what was best for our community mm -hmm. and that these, these units were developed over a series of years where, you know, is anything perfect? Well, no. <laughs> everything can be improved. So you certainly have an opportunity to improve them. Mm. If you can make a compelling case for a unit that may fit in, we can take mm -hmm. a look at it later. Mm -hmm. Once you've established that you're able to deliver one of our pre-developed units mm -hmm. with some tweaks developed mm -hmm. collaboratively with mm -hmm. your department. So if you're able to do that, then we can certainly take a look at this, this hot, kind of kick-ass unit that you've got that yeah, you really exactly. really want to do yeah 
email, but, but the planning and preparation needs to go in. So we've got documentation that has a curricular change mm. process. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? How is that structured? But we certainly don't want to discourage innovation. Mm -hmm. We don't want mm -hmm. to discourage um, creativity because, you know, as, as you know, mm -hmm. that we're not following a set curriculum for design. We're, we're following the guide, we're following <laughs> right. the framework. So, so yeah. we can, we can change it, yeah. but there needs to be a compelling reason to change it, especially mm -hmm. if there's people in the department who developed that unit that are still there. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to call right? it. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just such a, it's just such a disrespect element, right? Yeah. Thinking absolutely. that wherever you come from is going to be better than what we've done. Right. Um, and, and it, maybe it is. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. There needs to be a there needs to be a structure for mm -hmm. that. Now that that being said, right, is just I can't see people coming in with having too much if your tasks are open ended mm. and ill defined and allow for that voice and choice amongst your students. I can't see people coming into your design department and say like, hey, that unit's that unit's garbage, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I agree. The, the unit itself is is going to be determined by mm. what's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. In terms of the design cycle and moving through yeah. that, there's going to be so much that kids can do um, if you're allowing for that, and you should. Absolutely. So if you're allowing for that, then then you know maybe your unit is not going to be better simply because it's not ill-defined and mm -hmm. it's not an open opportunity for students to develop themselves and to solve problems right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I, I and i have had that happen to me on numerous occasions where either i was the head of department or what have you and someone comes in like i don't like this unit we're going to change it and i'm like well <laughs> this is what was going on at the time this is this and and i'm not uh, i'm not closed off to listening to examples uh, and I'm not closed off to great units. I definitely want that to happen. But a lot of times there's been a lot of dialogue and planning collaboration that have gone into developing that in the first place. Um, where you have problems in the smaller schools, they've got one design teacher, one leaves, one comes in, and that person doesn't know, have no historical reference to why uh, or, or uh, just they don't have any perspective on where that that unit was inspired from and how it all came about and it may need to change. You know, they may have been told in recruiting that, Hey, we need to change same things throughout the design department, you know? So, you know, I agree though. I think you have to go slow and steady. I would say don't throw out the baby with the bathwater necessarily, you know, and to try to keep that all kind of tied up tight and, and, and to work things in slowly, you know, give yourself one thing that administrators shouldn't do when they come to a new school is change everything day one. Uh, the same is true with teachers. You know, you shouldn't come in day one and just throw everything out unless you're starting a new program, which of course, yeah. then you've been hired for a different reason, but it's just, so, it's yeah, go just ahead, such a human nature thing to, to want to do that though, to make your mark, to show yeah. your value. And, and I think that, you know, as, as a mature, educator like yourself and and when you when you come through and you have those years of perspective you realize that's not how you're going to make your mark that's how you're going to flounder that's oh, how absolutely. you're going to upset people that's how you're going to that's how that's going to be how you alienate people mm -hmm. and show that you're not collaborative mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and that's the, that's the last thing on earth that you want to do as right. especially as an ib educator is you, oh, you want to make sure that you're you're erring on the side of ultra collaboration right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> so and then um let's just another scenario someone's been to school a couple of years and is really been struggling to get any buy-in from the community as to what the design department's all about and what i mean by that is um people have all you know Everyone thinks they're an expert on education because they were all educated at some point in time, right? right and right. so um, as a design educator, though, I feel it's the most misunderstood um, subject, at least that I've come across. Um, and, I, and sometimes that requires a, a lot of effort on the teacher to um, educate people. So can you tell me a little bit about your perspective on that? Absolutely. And, and just from my experience in, in going around schools and doing school visits and those sorts of things is that design often gets short shrift 
it's expensive. It costs money, both in equipment and in materials and in time mm -hmm. to be able to successfully do a design program. Uh, it, it costs a lot of time. So, so it's very important to, to align the design program, at least in an MYP school with the personal project and mm -hmm. show how that design and personal project have these links. Mm -hmm. And if you could start to bring it in in terms of the one thing that we've done really well and it's led by the design department is something we call dream time oh okay and and so and so what dream time is it's personal project light but following the design cycle mm. and so Oh, we do it throughout the year. It's done mostly outside. There's some dedicated time. Design offers some support to it, but it's done as a competition. And oh, it's okay. basically it's basically the 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 premise is like genius time yeah. or you know, where you genius can work hour on something, or something like that. Right, right. Yeah. Where where you can work on something of your own creation. Mm. There's very little constraints in terms of that. We have budget for that. Uh, and then we also have uh map massive prizes where we give out drones and programmable robots and markers wow. and an and a mm. iPad Pro last year, right? So so kids kind of get mm. into it. Mm. Well, they don't kind of get into it. They really get into it. Absolutely. But, but it does that thing, even if you don't do that, mm. okay? So my suggestion to anyone out there who's maybe department is poorly understood is mm. you've got to make it visible oh yeah you've got to get the kids walking around the school they've got to take mm -hmm. their projects home they've got mm -hmm. to show their parents it's mm -hmm. got to get in a newsletter there, there has to be a display in a in a centrally located place that has the products that are created mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then you have to get kids talking about it oh yeah and you got to get, you got to hear the student voice talking about it and saying, mm. well, how much do I love that? And, and how much of a rewarding experience, even though it was hard, mm. even though I hated doing aspects of it, um, there were the final result mm. made for a better product or outcome mm. than if I didn't go through those steps. Right. Mm. And the, and the other thing is, is making sure I try to make sure that, that our teachers go through every unit goes through the whole cycle yeah 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 that's a, that's always a debatable point about teaching things into broken up you know sections and i think um probably with more um, experienced teachers uh who who have a very stable student body uh and who've been at a school a while it's okay uh to break things up a bit more but i agree i think working smarter and not harder by running through that whole cycle. And then if you have time at the end, maybe doing a criterion BC challenge or something like that. But I think definitely go through the whole cycle because you want to see the thing from start to finish with some reflection yeah. time as well. I agree completely. I'm glad to hear you say that, Terry. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think it's of critical importance. And, and the same thing with, with PH. E, I, I want them to go through the cycle with PHE. Mm -hmm. The same thing with science. I want them to go through the cycle in science. And so if we start to look at um, Stephen Taylor does a very good job with this, mm -hmm. with these cycles. That's his, that's his thing. Um, but if you look at cycles in terms of the development of a unit and students start to see, well, the design cycle is very explicit let's start to see more explicit cycles where each stage of the development of the unit is done in the other subject areas. Mm -hmm. And that's why design is to, just to make a case for it being the most important subject mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is that, well, because it follows that very logical and rational progression yeah. through learning mm -hmm. and you learn how to do the design cycle, you learn how to do the personal project. Now Absolutely. you can take that, you can take that, anywhere in the world mm -hmm, so like mm -hmm. like I've, I've got a good buddy and i'm sure you know him as well as Raphael. um mm -hmm. and he says i said like how do you do this stuff you know i'm very interested in, in how do you get together and how do you write a book and mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. how do you how do you put together this big conference of what and he just goes i just follow the design cycle yep <laughs> you know my I man Raphael. i like it <laughs> you know I, I just follow that yeah and in terms of it and and mm -hmm. it just well these are adult 
skills as well, right? Yeah. If we're able to do these things as mm -hmm. adults, we're going to be successful with any kind of, because we're always doing projects, whether the project is how do I, how do I pay for my car? Right. right? That's how do I buy a plan a birthday car? party? The whole bit, you know, man. We're yeah. always, we're always doing it. And the people yeah. that can do it well are the people that take a look at it as progressions right. at different That's right. areas and, and they mm -hmm. plan it out. They know yep. how it's going to look mm -hmm. They or they have some idea, but they're not completely sold on that, that final look Absolutely. that there's going to be adjustments. There's going to be changes, yeah. uh, putting together timelines, putting together success criteria, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anyone who's successful is doing those things, yeah. whether they know what it's called or where it comes from. <laughs> but anyone, anyone who's really, really successful has that, those kinds of skills. And so if we can give it to everybody, then everybody mm -hmm. has an opportunity to be successful. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate that. And, and it's good to hear it from a, a non-design teacher perspective, yeah. even though we've established now that you're a design teacher. Uh, <laughs> everybody is. Everybody every, is at Everybody heart. actually is. And, and to carry on from that, actually, uh, at a former school I was at, we actually took the design cycle and then we identified all the other cycles that exist in the student's life. We put them all together, and of course, they all match the design cycle, whether it's the writing cycle or the scientific yeah. method or whatever it is that they're doing, even in PE and all kinds of different things, uh, in team sports, invasion games, whatever it might be. There's a design cycle-esque aspect of all of these things, and so I, I do believe that it's become so much of my DNA that I don't even think about it anymore. It's just part of it. Well, and, and exactly, and, and coming back to your original question on, on how do you raise the profile of design in mm -hmm. a school, especially a smaller school when you're just one person, I believe that giving PD to your colleagues mm. and, and proposing PD to your administration and, and having that opportunity to share because design teachers are also very passionate about what they're doing and they and they mm -hmm. if you if you look at a subject they're one of the um well there's many subjects but design is one where you have the true believers where the people come Absolutely. in because they're in many cases they're misunderstood and and people they're they're a little mis they're a little maligned and that mm. people think well they're just they're just there playing with toys it's just yeah. shop, right you know <laughs> exactly it's just shop, or it's just yeah. or they're just playing on a computer they're just playing mm. computer games right yeah so so these folks can go out and share with their colleagues they can mm. share we had some design teachers um doing going through the design cycle with parents where the parents made mm -hmm, some mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. geodesic domes oh, going through following following that design cycle mm -hmm. um and having that opportunity to share that just kind of it's not just going to happen no so you've no. got to take action you've That's got right. to do something to mm -hmm. to say okay so this is what i'm going to do and making it visible making the yeah. learning visible comes in a variety of ways you can have student work going out you can have student voice going out you can put pd on for parents mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and teachers uh, but also coming out and sharing online and and mm -hmm. getting out there and, and sharing in, in in forums and groups like this right it's sure. there's lots of opportunity but it's people got to recognize that that it's that it's also a very natural these mm -hmm. are very natural skills and mm -hmm. some have it but people are better if they're taught it yeah, absolutely. And uh, so that, that actually segues great into the next thing I wanted to ask you about, which you've alluded to a couple of times, which is professional development or PD. Uh, and so you and I both are heavily involved in PD and uh, in the region, but also in our own, our own institutions. And so just on a normal day, now I'm not talking uh, the current school closure type PD at the moment, but just in a normal school year, uh, tell me a little bit about how you guys uh, – allocate PD, plan PD, um, decide who gets to be part of that? How does that work for you guys? Okay, so we, we divide it into, first off, there's what I would call non-negotiable mm -hmm. PD sessions. Mm -hmm. So we have to provide PD at least if we're just talking, we're just talking middle school or, or most of your listeners, middle school teachers, is that, is uh, that both, your audience? Both. It's okay. NYP and, uh, so even some DP. So we're looking six okay. to twelve. Yeah. Okay. So so when you're when you're looking at that, 
there there's some non-negotiables and and mm -hmm. you have to allow an opportunity for supervisors to get trained in delivering the personal project mm -hmm. so there's a number mm -hmm. of sessions that revolve around pp um there's some just housekeeping type of pd mm -hmm. that you need to do uh how how our behavior management system works classroom mm -hmm. management uh reporting how to structure report comments are are common features in mm -hmm. pd mm -hmm. um then we have people that have positions of responsibility and so those sure. people are typically tapped on the shoulder um and said hey would like you to organize some PD, whether it's done in breakout sessions or whether it's done as whole school is depending on the time of year that's happening. So for example, our IT coach will lead different PD, maybe in terms of, um, you know, using IT in a classroom, but it might be something as well in terms of um, what are some really cool things you can do mm -hmm. uh, with with the tools we have in place yeah. like like office 365 how to use teams mm -hmm. effectively mm -hmm. um, how to use manage back to properly do things uh, mm -hmm. so there's there's PD on that and then we just throw it all out there just open whoever wants to lead something and that's where opportunities say like earlier talking about the design teacher saying you know I'd love to I'd love to do something about design to share what I'm doing with design. Sure. So there's mm. so there's opportunities for that. Uh, but then we got to do the brass tack stuff, right? Yeah. We've got to go through and deliver some PD on inquiry-based learning and touch sure. on that. We got to sure. look at concept-based and mm -hmm. developing those conceptual inquiry. Mm -hmm. Differentiation is always a huge topic and a hot button topic. And then and then ultimately every every teacher, every IB teacher wants to sit and talk about assessment until the cows come <laughs> home, right? You know? Oh yeah. Assessment and, and mm. assessment, assessment, assessment. How do I assess? What do I do? And and yeah. how do I report on that is yeah. is is monstrous. So that mm. that kind of like covers off yeah. many of the P elements. Of course we send anyone who's new to the programs to either face-to-face -face or online training depending if it's in Beijing or if it's uh, we typically don't send people away but uh, but we typically train people and then we're required mm -hmm. to train everyone doing PP right yeah so, so yeah, PD is such an, an essential piece that in, in in many cases I like to think that that's the draw that's how we get people into our schools sure is we 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 give them, we say to them, okay, so this is what we're going to give you. You're going to come out after the mm -hmm. end of your contract with a bit more knowledge, a bit more experience, mm -hmm. but you're going to be able to look back at these experiences and you'll become a better practitioner. Yeah. And so thank you, Terry. That's awesome. And I love to hear that that's your philosophy. And, uh, and so in leading into that, uh, we're in a really uncertain time at the moment. <laughs> You're in China, I'm in Korea, uh, but the whole world is, is, is experiencing an unprecedented um, amount of school closure, amount of online teaching. Um, so how do we continue? Because teachers are having to flip classrooms who've never flipped a classroom before. So what kind of PD do student, the two students, the teachers do now uh, to to prepare themselves or to continue to upskill themselves while they're at home or in a hotel or an Airbnb or whatever doing their work. Right. And, and, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit that, that we've done a pretty poor job of this. And, and, I'll, and, I, and I, and I have, and I have some defense in that is that unlike the schools in North America mm. who may have seen it coming, is this, this happened yeah. out of the blue while well, we, well, we were on holiday. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, so we got, we got teachers who basically have never returned back home who are trying to do distance learning with their phone, right? It's yeah. uh, they, don't, yeah. they don't have access to even, even an iPad. So mm -hmm. they've been doing distance learning with their phone. Mm -hmm. So the, the types of PD that we've provided and the learnings that have come from this is that you've got mm -hmm. to keep it really simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You've got to keep it, you've got to keep it simple. You got to use tools that you know, yeah uh, or or tools that you can learn quickly so zoom has been one that, that yep. people have been have been using and, and thankfully things like zoom are pretty mm -hmm. easy to use mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and they have great development videos where you can yeah. see what's happening 
game and they can walk you through it. So, so it's, it's good, but we haven't been terrific at it mostly because everything has happened organically and yeah. ad hoc. Yeah. And it, and, and you look at the, you know, you're, you're quite prolific in terms of uh, generating resources for people and, and, it's, and it's wonderful it's really wonderful that you do that and and yeah. the time and energy that you put into doing mm. that but also when you see that work that you've done in terms of like the the wakelet that you put yep. out that has yep. all the like imagine trying to utilize all of those into one course offering where every yeah. kid's got oh i know in. oh i know it's yeah like, absolutely yeah and then they've got eight subjects and so mm. I'm using Zoom and you're using Teams and now yeah. there's yeah. videos I got to download on ManageBack and, you know, yeah. we're yeah. in, there's, there's a million things. It's overwhelming. And so that's, and that's what's happened, right? Yeah. You know, people are using Flipgrid and people are using videos on ManageBack and, yeah. and, you know, the, one of the best ones that I've seen is a teacher just using PowerPoint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's old school. It's yeah. super straight up, but yeah. it it keeps everything in such a linear progression that yeah. you're not you're not like yeah. toggling back and forth to the video to this to that right. and right. and that sort of thing. So so that's that's kind of where we are right now, and mm -hmm. it's and it's not terrific. But I I have I've learned a lot about this, and I know how I would do mm -hmm. this now if sure. we had to do sure. it over again, right? Right. If you had right. started it over from scratch. Um, how would we do it? And, right. and for those, to those that are listening, the, the, the key thing is, is that I don't think you can make, I don't think you can replicate a school day mm. Mm. virtually through distance learning. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can expect that kids will join your synchronous lessons and ex demand that they join your synchronous lessons. I yeah. think, I think synchronous is there to support those that need that learning, yeah. but, everything should be as asynchronous as possible. Mm. And the whole idea is that you need to plan your whole unit as an online learning unit. You can't yeah. just plan. So you got to sit down and do some serious thinking on what that's yeah. going to look like and what those formative assessments are going to look like, mm -hmm. what those products are going to be. And, and that's kind of where, where you need to go, but that's a tremendous yeah. amount of work. And that whole it's a tremendous amount work of work. Is, yeah. 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 And I think people who don't have experience with flipping their classroom or doing those kinds of things, it's a real struggle. Uh, but I will say, Terry, in my own uh, experience that I've been observing is that the teachers who work hard when they're in the school building are the teachers who work hard when they're not in the school building. And so, you know, I mean, it, in the That's end, it, I don't know uh, if you agree with that or not, but oh, oh well, absolutely, uh, absolutely, it's uh, and but there are some heroes emerging. Absolutely, there are heroes emerging. There are teachers stepping up who are doing fantastic things. Mm -hmm. Who are maybe a little on the quieter side. Who yeah, oh, sure were maybe not really firing on all cylinders. Maybe mm -hmm. the face to face environment isn't entirely for right. them. Uh, and there are some kids that are coming yeah, out oh, and yeah. starting oh, to yeah. shine who oh, yeah. maybe this is looking for them so if you're looking at now i don't know what it's going to be like for you guys in korea but this isn't ending anytime soon here <laughs> uh and and then the the future the idea is is that some families may just choose not to send their kids back to school yeah. out of fear for yeah. their own safety yeah um and and so the whole idea what i'm trying to prepare our community for mm -hmm. is that blended learning yep. is normal mm -hmm. so you're going yep. to need to provide blended learning experiences mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even when schools do open because yep. not everyone's going to come back yeah it's a hybrid model that uh, i think we're all wrestling with at the moment uh, because of quarantines and other things, but also you're right. There's going to be folks who just don't want to set foot in a crowded building. <laughs> well, and, and, but when but when you take a look at it, the incredible learning, I think what's happened with a lot of teachers and teachers that I've talked to is mm. they've had to learn how to become learners again. Oh, themselves. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Especially teachers that are a little bit longer in the tooth. Mm -hmm. And for many of them have gone 
this is going to improve my practice. This is, yeah. this is improving me. I didn't know that I knew how to learn or I needed to learn this, mm -hmm. but this, mm -hmm. is, this is definitely improving me. And that's another opportunity where at least maybe not design teachers so much, mm -hmm. but the IT coaches, you know, if you're not an IT coach who's starting to shine right now and, and people yeah. collecting girl <laughs> points is, uh, is you're, you're, you're not, yeah. <laughs> You're not doing your job, right? Yeah, you because might be in a is, new place. That's right. <laughs> this is your this is your day to shine. This is your time That's in right. the sun, right? right. It's, uh, and, and I've seen so many other from other schools. There's mm. been, and you have uh, all you probably have to do is follow you on Twitter to to see your what are you calling your <laughs> distant learning uh, superstars? <laughs> yeah, there's there's some good ones out there, man. And so They're they were doing good work before this, and they'll be good doing good work after this. So Absolutely. there's just some people who have stepped up and emerged as um, real leaders uh, when it comes to this sort of thing. And a lot of people are asking them for help. So, um, and I think before when the rest of the world thought it might not ever happen to them. And now all of a sudden there's 800 million people who are out of school. Um, you know, it's a different story. So <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and it's going to, and it's going to be the same thing with companies. There's going to be companies oh, that are going to sure. emerge as, as clear winners. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of this, like, like the people from zoom must be, zoom. Just be going like rubbing heads hands together yeah, right? oh yeah, even they're though they're ready. offering a lot of it for right. free but, it, but it's what what kind of benefits are they going to yeah. reap in the long term right? right so there's That's been a lot right. of companies giving it giving stuff out for free um cognity is is mm -hmm. really shining mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. our kids we we got a free thing with cognity and our kids are really loving that that's awesome that's awesome well, Terry, I could sit here and chat with you all day, and I have done that in the past. And I'm yeah, talking yes, to you. absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I think we're going to have to kind of wrap this up. So I want to really uh, thank you, uh, and I appreciate you being so honest and open uh, with your perspectives of, of design, kind of looking at it from, a, from an outsider's perspective. So thanks so much. Right on. Thanks for having me. All right. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.